Praise the Lord. Now this is uh, Brother Julius Adiwumi, and I pray that the Lord will open your understanding to be able to comprehend the teaching we are going to do in this series. I'm going to go through the the book of Romans, the epistle of Apostle Paul to the Romans. It's a lot of chapters, so it's going to be a series. And I will just pray that the Lord will open your understanding. This is for you that is a believer. Because Apostle Paul is right, wrote this letter to the believers in Rome. So then you know he's giving them things that how we ought to be like as believers. And I will first do a summary of what the whole book of Romans highlighted for us. And from there we will go step by step through each chapter. It's going to be a series like I said. So come along with me Father. I pray that you will open the understanding of those who are hearing. So that they will hear. And then they will take heed to their ways. And then they will exercise their faith in the word of God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Now the scripture said. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And that is the key reason why the Lord demands that the people of God be taught the word of God in the church. The reason why people gather together in churches is the main purpose is to build and edify the body of Christ so that those who have committed their life to Christ know how to produce good works that is acceptable unto God. Your good works is not what is going to save you. It is only after you are saved, changed from within, and renewed, and a new, a new spirit is created in you in the born again experience. That is when you have a hope of eternal life. But then that is not the end of it. God said He has put in the midst of this body, in the midst of the church, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11, 12, and 13, God has put our ministries in the body of Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for one purpose. For the perfecting of the saints. Remember, he called them saints, holy people. So, these holy people need to be perfected by the teaching and exhortation and the ministry of the apostles, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And how do they minister to them? By teaching the word of God, exposing the word of God, explaining the word of God, and uh, applying the word of God to our daily life. Because he said we have to be washed by the washing of water by the word of God. The word of God becomes like a water to keep continually cleansing us from the dust that is in the world. As long as you are in this world, there is dust. Just think of it. If you wash a plate, well cleaned and then you keep it on the table and leave it there on the table not used after several days or weeks come back and touch that plate just with your finger it may look clean but if you shine more light on the plate you will see that a settling of dust on the plate that has not been used even though it is clean but see, that is well, because the world is full of dust. The same way in the spiritual things, as long as we are in this world, the world is full of dust that will be settling down unless you continually wash yourself with water 
of the word of God. And it's in the similar, similar pattern for the physical things of the world. So that is why the teaching of the world is essential. God put the ministries in the body of Christ to teach his people. The saints of God need to be taught to bring them to perfection. If Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 let me quickly go there before we start our book of uh, Romans and you will see what God put in the why he put in the church the purpose why he put these ministries in the church is for the perfecting of the saints he said when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men verse 11 and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers Pastor 12 says for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ why till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive so that is the purpose of gathering together in the church environment bible study is to wash us by the washing of water by the water so that we know how to conduct ourselves in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation now that is the reason why i'm going through the book of romans because apostle paul wrote a letter to the believers in Rome which is called the epistle of Apostle Paul to the Romans now let me quickly summarize the 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 whole content of the letter Apostle Paul started in the book of Romans chapter 1 by introducing teaching them he actually have not been there means some other people have converted them many of them are Christians through some other source not through Apostle Paul but he heard about them and he knew he would be visiting them one time so he was writing ahead of time to more or less encourage them and teach them more of what God has revealed to him, being apostle to the Gentiles. In Romans chapter 1, he, he, like I said, you will see when we go through, you see that he said we are called to be saints of God. Every believer, if you are a believer, you are called by God to be a saint, a holy person, holy people. So that is the first thing you will notice when he was addressing the Romans, that they are called to be saints. Now, if we are saints of the Most High God, holy people, there are some things that shouldn't be in our life. So in Romans chapter 1, Apostle Paul listed so many things that he said are in the world that should no more be in our life. If we are already called to be saints and we are being born again. So that will be this, the, the summary of Romans chapter 1. Is that believers need to look at their life and repent from sin because the world is full of all this iniquity and ungodliness which is no more part of us. It shouldn't be part of you if you are, if you are being called to be a saint. In Romans chapter 2, he now addressed those who are even teachers, not in the church, those who claim to be teachers of the law in the days of uh, the apostles he's talking about the Jews he said when the Jews that are confronting the believers they need to judge themselves that when they quoted these laws of Moses are they themselves offending those laws so he said judge yourself is what you see in the summary of Romans chapter 2 in Romans chapter 3 he made it clear that 
those who are following the law of Moses, who are trying to think the Christians are not doing it right, Apostle Paul was pointing to them that all have been condemned, the whole world have sinned, according to the scriptures. He pointed it out from the scriptures of the prophets that God has condemned the whole world unto sin. All have sinned are coming short of the glory of God. And so, then what is the solution? Christ is our redemption. So he emphasized that in Romans chapter 3 to, to, to highlight the fact that Christ is the only Savior and our redemption. Even though the, the Jews that were following the law of Moses who refused to accept Christ are trying to oppose or criti- criti- criticize the believers, criticize the teachers or the preachers and the apostles that are preaching about and he's trying to point to them that they themselves that think they are following the law of Moses they are all condemned already with just because nobody is able to do it. Now he pointed to the fact that Christ is our redemption, our faith in Christ is what is going to save us. In able to tell, to be able to explain that further, he went to Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, he started pointing out that it is the faith of Abraham that justified him. So it's the Abraham's faith that justified him. In Romans chapter 4 is where he begins to explain that. Because it is not the works of Abraham that God used to justify Abraham. It was his faith. God told him that you are going to have a son when he has nothing and he's already getting old. And he believed. And the Bible said, because he believed God, it's justified. So Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 emphasized the fact that it is Abraham's faith that justified him and not the keeping of the laws or the works of the law that justified Abraham. And then he went to Romans chapter 5 and said, we also... That I believe in Christ, we are just we only we are justified by Christ by our faith in Christ. So you can see the the step by step how Apostle Paul wrote this letter. First telling them that we are called to be sins, and then telling them that we have to make sure that we are not in the sins of the world that is he highlighted in Romans chapter one, and then in chapter two he pointed to the Jews that were condemning the Christians and said, You better judge yourself also and see whether you are actually keeping all the law that you think you are keeping. Because in chapter three he said, All have sinned. Even the law has already said the prophets have said all human race have sinned. So the only redemption is in Christ Jesus. And to point to to, to clarify the fact that Christ is the only redemption, he tried to point to in chapter four of Romans that Abraham's faith is what justified him, not the works that he did. And he highlighted the fact that God told Abraham, you are going to have a son. And Abraham believed, even though he looked like he was almost dead. And he believed. And because he believed, he is justified. It's faith that justified Abraham. And so, in chapter 5, he emphasized that it is our faith in Christ also that is justifying us. Not because we have been doing the righteousness of the law. It is our faith that justifies us. Now, in chapter 6, he now begins to talk to we believers that since we say our faith has justified us, we are to reckon ourselves dead to sin. So that sin can't have dominion over us anymore. We are having faith in Christ. Now we are to live as dead man to sin. That is, sin can't be dictating our life anymore. In Romans chapter 7, he went further and emphasized that our old self has been dead. And we are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. He emphasized that, explaining it to us, to not just recording it, but live as your old man is dead when you went underwater and you came out, you are now a new creature. 
is explained to you how to live your life now as a new creature in Christ. In Romans chapter 8, he went forward and said, we, we that are now living in Christ, we are no more under any condemnation. He said, no condemnation to we who are in Christ Jesus. So he explained that further in Romans chapter 8, beginning to see how the word of God justifies us, how the word of God can heal us, how the word of God brings us to a level of faith that we are no more under any condemnation. So what can separate us from Christ? The love of God in, in, in Christ Jesus is what saved us. Now in Romans chapter 9, he went further, back to the nation of Israel, how they missed salvation because they were trying to keep the law of Moses and, ref- and rejected the Messiah that came to them. And he said that's how they missed the salvation. And in Romans chapter 10, he tried to explain the difference between the law of Moses that actually is depending on do these things and then you may be justified. And nobody has been able to do all those laws. And so that's why they are all condemned. And he said it's by salvation, it's by Jesus, it's by faith in Christ. It's faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that God has provided for salvation. In Romans chapter 11, he also went further explaining what the Israelites means and then he went forward and said in the end the whole of Israel shall be saved in the end the whole of Israel as a nation will be saved but it was blindness in part was given to them so that the Gentiles can be preached to and Gentiles can come in and then in the end the whole of Israel will be saved when you say the whole of Israel not those that are dead in their sins but those that are in the generation that will be at the end of the world the generation that we will be saved before, and they are in that generation right now, they are the ones that are going to be saved when they shall see the Messiah come from the sky. They will recognize that this Jesus, whom their fathers and forefathers refused to accept, they are, the, they are going to be willing before him that Jesus, that the Gentiles have been saying is the Messiah, is actually the Messiah. When they shall see the marks on his hands, the nail-pierced hands, then they will be, be weeping and mourning that they have been buying into the lives of the rabbinical Jews. So that he explained in Romans chapter 11. Now in chapter 12 to the end, Apostle Paul started exhorting we believers how to live our life for Christ. Chapter 12, chapter 13, 14 and 15. Full of exhortation how we should live our life for Christ. So that is the summary of the book of Romans. Now I'm going to go step by step into Romans chapter 1 and I like what he called the offenses because sometimes we ask people to say, repent, repent some people thought they have nothing to repent of but when you begin to point it out from the scripture what the Bible calls sin and then you see yourself because the scriptures, the word of God is like a mirror you look at the mirror and you look at your face then you can see something you hardly could not see unless there is a mirror in front of you then you see some dark spots on your face. Your hand will go there right away to see how you can get rid of that, that spot. That is what the mirror is. That is what the Word of God also should be to our life. So when you now begin to analyze the Word of God, you see what are sins. He highlighted the sins in Romans chapter 1 that the world is full of. And as you see those sins, you have to look at yourself now that you have said you have been called to be a saint of the Most High God. And begin to see if there's any of those iniquities still in your life. You bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. Ask Him to wash you clean and to help you. And the one you can get rid of, you get rid, get rid of it yourself. Because you have some energy now that the Holy Ghost and Christ is living in you. He has given you some 
power to be able to change some things. And the one you look at, you are not able to change just ask Jesus Christ to take it away. And he will take it away. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 as we come as we go. Now Apostle Paul was writing from chapter 1, verse 1. He said, Paul is servant of Jesus Christ. He is called to be an apostle, separated on the gospel of God, which he has promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom, by Christ, we have re- received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the call of Jesus Christ. Now, we get to verse 6, he's addressing the, uh, the disciples. The first few verses, he's talking about himself and what the Lord God is revealing to us. Now in verse 6, it says that we are also called to be unto by Jesus Christ, verse 7 says, to all that are, that are in Rome, he writes to the Romans, he said they are beloved of God, but they are also called to be saints. Now that is not only the Romans, that applies to you in your sitting, if you are called to be a Christian, because everyone that is a Christian is called. Jesus Christ said that you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. So you, if you think where well, you just follow your parents into church, then you are not really a Christian. You have just followed your father's religion. But when you understand the gospel, that's why we are preaching it to you. When you understand that Christ died for you for your sins, and you recognize that you are actually a sinner, whether you have never done anything wrong since you were born, but because you are a human being, you have inherited sin from Adam. And that is why you couldn't live to please God by yourself. Then you have to call on the Messiah, who is the Savior of the world, to come and take sinful nature away from you. And when you take the sinful nature away from you, you become a born-again Christian. All things are passed away, and all things become new. Is what the scripture said. God is recreating our spirit. That's what he mean by being born again. He said, except the man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot see, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So God is recreating the, the spirit in us when we accept him. It's not automatic. You have to call on Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart. Accept him as Lord and Savior. Confess that he, he died on the cross for your sins. And that he rose again by the power of God to justify you. You have to confess that with your mouth that you believe it. Then he will give you the new birth. When you are given that new birth, that's when you are called to be saints of the Most High God. Now as saints of God, sinful nature is removed from you. So you don't have to, you shouldn't be in all of those well-known sins and offenses. That's what Apostle Paul is saying, that you are called to be saints. Now, we let's go further. Now, if you are called to be saints, it's going to highlight what are sins in the world that we shouldn't be seeing in you anymore. And I'm going to jump from verse, Romans chapter 1, verse 8 that we are talking about. He said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. So he's writing to the Romans that he has heard about them since he was not the one that converted them to Christ. He has heard that they are exercising faith. Now, he's saying he's not ashamed. He wanted to come and minister to them also. He wanted to be in their midst. That's what he is. The purpose of this letter is that he wanted to come to Rome also so that he can have some fruits among them or impart some blessing, spiritual gift unto them also. 
as an apostle. They say he has not been allowed to come in verse 13. He has been let either to. He said, because I am a debtor both to the Jews, so everybody is a debtor to preach the word of the word of God to everybody. In verse 15 now, he started talking about that he is ready to also come and preach to them that are at Rome also. Remember this is a letter that he wrote ahead of time. He has not gone there yet. He has not been to Rome himself, but he has heard that there are believers there that have been converted and they are Romans. So he was writing to them before he could even get opportunity to go into their midst to preach among them. Now he said, uh, verse 6, he said, He is not ashamed, possible, therefore I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Now, you also should be able as a believer should have this as your own testimony. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you, are you confident to be able to tell your friend that is an unbeliever that Jesus is the only way? And explain it to him from the scripture. That is the reason why we are teaching the word of God. If you are not able to defend the word of God, or you are not able to testify of the of, of what who God is, are you able to testify what God has done in your life that make you a different person? That is all that you need to say. You say, well, I don't, I'm not a preacher. I don't know how to preach. But has Jesus Christ done anything for you in your life since you say you are a believer? If you, have not, if you are not a believer, you cannot say that because you have not really been touched by Christ. But if you are a believer, you have been born again, you have called upon Jesus Christ to remove sin from you. And when He touches you, you will know that all the sinful nature, the sinful desires have been removed from your soul. You are no more going to be interested in those things. Your, your life has changed. That is what we call born again experience. If you are listening to this teaching, you are just a church goer. We call them church goers. The, the father go to that church, that's why they are going to church. Or you are just people that they are just looking for protection from God, power of God to deliver them from hell, from, from sicknesses, from diseases, from so that God will help them get a good job. That's all you are looking for is just how to get a better life in this world. You are trying to use God to get a better life. That is not really it. That's trying to snatch something from the hand of God. And you most likely will get some help, but that is not what God is calling you on to. God is more concerned with where you go from here if you die. Where do you go from here? That is why He wants to recreate your spirit so that you become a saint of God, holy person. So that is the primary thing in the house of God for you that is listening to me. So now, if you have not experienced that born again ex experience that Christ is giving to us, you need to recognize you are a sinner. A little sin, just one little sin that you think is doesn't amount much, a little lie is going to take you to hell. Just a little disobedience can take you to hell. How much more the sin that you inherited from Adam, being a woman being, that have not been regenerated. You have not gotten that new creative spirit. Every woman is doomed to lake of to hell and lake of fire. Unless you come to Christ and He give you a new spirit. This is what He called born again experience. And that is what you want to call upon the Lord to give to you. If you have not done that yet, then you are not none of His. But you have to ask Him right now if you want. You pray to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want that new recreated spirit in me so that I will be a saint of the Most High God. You sincerely ask him and he will touch you and he will give it to you. When you acknowledge that you are a sinner, 
It's not saying you try to remember all the sins you have done. Just a sinner is a sinner, no matter what type of sin. You may say uh, you are thinking all those arm robbers are the sinners. No, arm robbers are sinners, all right? But even you that is not doing arm robbery, but you just do a little bit of uh, stealing from the government, you are still a, you are still a sinner. Or you didn't even do any of those things. You are just in line, cheating. You are still a sinner. And all sinners will go to lake of fire unless you get this new creative spirit that Christ is giving to us. So you want to ask Him to come and make you a new person. So then you will become a saint of God. And I say, if you now are a saint of God because you have accepted Christ and He's now living inside you, now you need to now check yourself daily by the washing of water, by the word of God. And Apostle Paul said, you shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, be free to witness, to be a witness for Christ, what he has done in your life. How you used to be like this, and since Christ came to your heart and your life, you are no more like that, you are now a new creature. That's all you need to tell them. With your own testimony, they will say, that, hmm, if this man can change, maybe I can change too. Ask them to come to Jesus. People have, called, have, called, have prayed that prayer simply like that, Christ touch them and give, the, and give them the new heart. So that's why Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. That's the only way God has decided to save man humanity, the gospel. To everyone that we believe. Then he went further to explain to, to everyone what are these things that are coming to point where say, people say, why are we saying we need to be saved? Saved from what? Now this is what he's going to tell you, what you are going to be saved from. Verse 17 and 18 says, For the wrath of God, verse 18 of Romans chapter 1, verse 18. See, the wrath of God, as the wrath of God that has been upon you, upon this planet, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. There is many people think, How do we know there is a God in the first place? How do we know there is heaven? How do you know they are saved? And Apostle Paul is explaining, giving them answer right here in verse 19. He said, what we need to know, if you are thinking you don't know whether there is a God, it is already manifested in you that there is a God. Just look at yourself. Just look at who you are. Just look at your fingers. You think this the creative design of fingers that are for, even, if, even the, the, what you call the, the, the fingerprint alone, just is different from mine. And you think that is just by chance? No, no, it's not by chance. We are created, divinely created. See, we are, we are marvelously created by the, a, an intelligence. Science are just deceiving themselves. They think there is no intelligence. Because as a scientist, I'm telling you, we, the, even the human finger alone is so complicated that it takes intelligence to design this. I happen to be an engineer. So that is where we know that. There's an intelligence behind the creativity uh, we see upon this planet. Even in, uh, in our own single man, there's a, there's a great designer here. So that is why we are telling you that what you need to know about God is already revealed, manifested in you. Verse 20, he went forever. Verse 20 said, For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead has been known to or have been made known to mankind. That's why he came in form of a human being like Jesus Christ to show himself. He said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's the express image of God Almighty, is Lord Jesus Christ. See, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In the Gospel of John chapter chapter 14. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona, 85050. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Turn us again next week. God bless you.